And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at a week ahead with players returning in several starts at Dilemmas. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. This is Monday, August 9th. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Derek Van Riper. A little, uh, little bit of a different lineup here for a Monday. And uh, DVR, let's get right to it. Lots of stuff to look at here for the week ahead. Uh, big news here. Luis Robert is going to be activated. And he's going to be in the starting lineup for the White Sox against the Twins on Monday. So, uh get him in our lineups or do you think there's uh, any risk there of maybe being eased in and losing a little playing time? I think it's always possible, but I would be confident enough that a day off every fourth or fifth day or something isn't so much that I'm going to sit him down as a result of, of less than a hundred percent playing time for Robert from the jump. So I'm definitely in on him in weekly leagues. All right. Are you in on Chris sale making his first start in a couple of years? He's going to get the Orioles this Saturday. Yeah, I think you have to be, especially with that matchup, right? How do you pass that up? <laughs> yeah, he's been good. His rehab start should be plenty stretched out. So uh, looking good. A couple of exciting returns for this week. Uh, there's more where that came from. Alex Bregman was with uh, the Astros on Sunday with the team in the dugout. Could be activated as soon as this Tuesday. Uh, Anthony Rizzo going on the COVID-19 IL after uh, having a positive test. So he'll be out for at least 10 days. Luke Voigt uh, activated by the Yankees in a corresponding move. Jared Walsh, uh, this is uh, was discussed uh, at some point last week, but now it looks like an even stronger possibility that Jared Walsh is going to be back with the Angels this Tuesday. Jack Flaherty is likely to be back this week and start against the Pirates. Randy Rosarena could be activated from the COVID IL on Tuesday. Didn't have to go that uh, 10-day minimum because uh, he was a close contact. There was no positive test for Rosarena. Travis Darneau could return on Tuesday. Tuesday, just a lot of players coming back. Uh, so I've made a bid on Darno in TGFBI DVR. That's a lot of initials there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that'll leave me with three catchers. I've also got Mike Zanino and Austin Nola. So we're going to play set my lineup. Uh, if I get Darno, would you start him over either of those catchers? I think so. I mean, I think Travis Darno is a top 10 catcher when healthy right now on a per game basis, which is a lot of qualifiers. But uh, I think even with an Atlanta lineup that is not the same as it was beginning the season, where he hits in that lineup and the quality of the contact that he makes gives me quite a bit of confidence in Darno. So plenty of leagues where he is out there because of the length of that absence and maybe a guy that some people have forgotten about because he's missed so much time. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, if you do have a chance to still add him to your roster for this week, he should be back on Tuesday. Uh, Alex Verdugo has been placed on the paternity list. Ryan Mountcastle has been placed on the concussion IL. That, of course, is a minimum seven-day IL. And some interesting closer intrigue in the uh, Cardinals-Royals game on Sunday. Richard Lovelady adding a lengthy list of uh, potential closers in Kansas City, or I guess actual closers. They're just all sharing the job. Uh, seems like a different reliever just about every game where there's a save opportunity there. So we add Richard Lovelady to that list. But on the other side, Alex Reyes taking the loss. Now, DVR, I think you and I had talked about Reyes on the uh, Sunday episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast and talking about uh, Gianno Giovanni Gallegos is maybe a reliever to speculate on, even though Reyes clearly still the closer in St. Louis, but a loss for Reyes didn't walk anybody in this one, but still uh, really struggling lately. So uh, any updated thoughts on that situation? No, he's just on shaky ground. I mean, I didn't expect Reyes to cruise through the entire season without making it look as though he could lose his job at some point. And certainly they could go to some kind of committee Gallegos has pitched exceptionally well. I think the thing that's really interesting about Gallegos is that you can still roster him and use him even if he's not getting a share of the save. So definitely worth the pickup in the handful of leagues where he's still out there. All righty. Well, let's take a look at some players who stood out in a more positive way on Sunday. Luis Heal, uh, we talked about him on the Sunday show and uh, making me look pretty bad <laughs> with this performance because I said I really had no interest in picking him up. Uh, goes five scoreless innings against the Mariners at Yankee Stadium. Just a couple of hits and a couple of walks against eight strikeouts in those five innings. So certainly making a strong case to stay in the Yankees rotation. But what happens? I mean, do they go to a, a six-man rotation, you think? Is that something you see as a possibility? when Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery come off of the COVID IL? Or how do you see this all shaken out? Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, Nestor Cortez just seems like he's ahead of heel on the organizational depth chart. And by the time they need a fifth starter again, they're going to be a little healthier in the rotation, presumably. They do have a double header the week after this one. So the problem with rostering heel is that you may get zero innings in the upcoming week. So he's really more of a stash I think they'll find ways to use him, whether that's as a multi-inning reliever. I mean, the minor league season is going to come to an end here in the next few weeks. So once that happens, they're going to want him to pitch somewhere, I assume, unless they feel like he's thrown enough innings for the season. So I do have some interest, but it has to be in a situation where I've got a lot of flexibility on my bench. All right. And what do we do with Blake Snell at this point? Now, I've already made a reference I think, a couple of times to my TGFBI uh, uh, fab bids. I was able to place a bid on Blake Snell because in a 15-team league, he had been dropped. Uh, then goes seven innings with 13 strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. And that's seven scoreless innings, by the way, for Snell in that outing, outdueling Madison Bumgarner, who also pitched very well. Uh, so it's been three out of four starts now for Snell that have been pretty good, but still one clunker in there. Not much consistency throughout the season for him. Does anything change for you with this latest start? I mean, maybe the confidence ticks back in the right direction a little bit, but I still think Blake Snell is very matchup dependent looking forward. And the good thing is he gets Arizona again for his next turn. The bad thing is you're not going to want him active the following week because he lines up to face the Rockies at Coors Field. And it's really just the at Coors Field part that you're worried about. It's not really the Colorado lineup specifically. So still very touch and go, but I do think a road start against the D-backs, even if Snell hadn't been as dominant as he was on Sunday, that would still be probably a good enough streaming situation for him in most leagues. 
All right, well, let's just take a look at one other pitcher from Sunday, Bryce Wilson. I don't want to make too much of this because uh, even since getting traded to Pittsburgh, he hasn't really uh, been all that noteworthy in terms of the performances. But at Cincinnati, tough matchup, tough, tough venue. And Wilson turns in a really nice start, uh, three runs over six innings with seven strikeouts, just six hits and one walk allowed there. Uh, I would put this in the category of watch list. Uh, Do you think that that's maybe even going a little too far? Uh, watch list seems fair. I would say he's still more of an NL only sort of guy for me. Home against the Brewers next time out is very borderline. So I think in your deeper mixed leagues, we've talked about the scenario of having ratios that are already blown up. Maybe there where you're just chasing innings and K's and wins. Uh, maybe you take the shot on him because there is pedigree here. There is talent there. And the other thing here, the, the Pirates can afford to just let him work. Like They don't have to baby him at this point. They have nothing to play for. It's all about development. So that can work in your favor if you pick him up and deploy him in the right situations. But I'd be careful. If ratios are still really tight for you points-wise, I don't think Bryce Wilson is necessarily a good fit. All right, well, let's take a look at some of the notable hitting performances. A few players with two home runs. Uh, won't even mention Eloy Jimenez here uh, because... Yeah, just start him. <laughs> but uh, Jorge Polanco, inching towards his career high of 22 from two seasons ago, already up to 20 now with a two-homer game against the Astros on Sunday. C.J. Crone with a two-homer game. This, of course, was at Coors Field against the Marlins. Brett Phillips, his seventh and eighth home runs of the season at Baltimore. Still hitting just 212, but he's got those 12 steals to go with now, those eight homers for Phillips. Uh, does Phillips play enough you think uh, to matter given that he he's uh, you know at least a, a two uh, two category contributor when he does play. I think he's really tough for mixed leagues because of the playing time volume. He's still talking about a guy that probably starts a little less than half the time for any given week, and that's pretty thin. But because he contributes in both power and speed, that absolutely plays in deeper leagues with daily moves and of course in AL only formats as well. All right, let's look at some players who didn't homer twice but still had really notable performances. A.J. Pollock, this is an interesting one. I'm just glad to have an excuse really to talk about him. A three-hit game against the Angels, including his 21st double of the season. But, of course, now with the activation of Trey Turner, he's part of, I I suppose, a rotation. I mean, maybe Chris Taylor loses a start here and there. I have to think Pollock is in that same category or possibly even worse. Where do you feel safe about starting A.J. Pollock given that roster crunch? 15-team leagues and deeper, I mean, I do think he's among the players who will play slightly less. I think the Dodgers can manage it in a way where they're mixing and matching with matchups, giving guys days off when they're banged up because they have so much depth. Um, but I wouldn't expect Pollock to start you know, more than five games in a full week, given the depth they currently have and given how healthy they are at this point. Now, with Cody Bellinger also, I think, being a part of that equation and, and likely not starting against lefties at least every day that uh, they face a lefty, does that change anything in terms of his startability? I, I keep waiting for Bellinger to look like himself for the final two-ish months of the season and salvage what has been just a miserable campaign. Uh, I think he is also a little bit impacted by the added depth the Dodgers now have coming out of the trade deadline. I think the other question, if you're starting to look forward to next season, what is Cody Bellinger's ADP going to look like? Obviously, what happens in the rest of August and September is going to shape that. But if the season ended right now, would he go in the first eight rounds of a draft? I mean, I think he'd fall pretty far. 
yeah, I, I have to agree. It'd be hard to really, uh, you know, reach for him at this point. Uh, let's talk about just a couple other hitters who are trending better of late um, and with good games on Sunday. Isaiah kind of left a couple of hits for him, including his seventh home run of the year, his third triple of the year at Oakland. Anthony Santander, three hits for him against the Rays in that uh well, actually, uh, sorry, a different game uh, uh, that we're another player we're going to talk about here. But uh, Santander three for five with his seventh home run, nineteenth double. Uh, are you back on with these two hitters? Yeah, no real reservations there. I think their playing time is very stable, and as we talked about on the waiver show on Sunday, that is key this time of year. All right, and uh, getting ahead of myself, I did want to talk about Wander Franco from that same Orioles-Rays game. Hitless, uh, but still trending well. 10 for his last 32. Start or sit in a 12-teamer with three games against the Red Sox and three against the Twins? I'd still play him. I mean, I I think the learning curve could be a quick one for Wander. I think there's every reason to believe he could be at least a top 100 fantasy player here on out. All right. Well, in just a moment here, we'll look at some other start-sit dilemmas, but just really, really quick here because it's just a five-game slate. Two potential streamers on Monday, Alec Mills against the Brewers and Carlos Hernandez versus the Yankees. Not really great matchups, but a couple of pitchers who have shown some upside lately. Yeah, I mean, I think Mills has a better matchup later in the week. I believe he catches the Marlins, so I'm not necessarily going out of my way in daily leagues to throw him out there against the Brewers. Fortunately, he does catch them at home. Hernandez, I'm just not messing with the Yankees. They're starting to look a little bit more like we expected them to all along, so I think these are two passes for me in most formats. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, well, let's just take a look at some players that are going to make it tricky to set our lineups uh, this week. Juan Soto is missing a little bit of time with a knee injury. Reese Hoskins has now missed three games in a row with a groin injury. Javier Baez dealing with a hip injury. Michael Brantley uh, sustaining a uh, some sort of head injury uh, as a result of collision. Justin Turner has a groin injury. Rymel Tapia uh, sustained a sprained toe on Sunday against the Marlins. So anybody out of that group, Soto, Hoskins, Baez, Brantley, Turner, Tapia, who you would sit this week because of those injuries? Failing you know, more news and, and clarity later in the day on Monday, I think Hoskins, because it's been three straight games, is very borderline for me. Uh, Brantley, I think just because of the nature of the injury with it being a head injury, that could end up being a few days. You know, the concussion IL could be in play for him. So I'd be careful with him if possible, or at least look at those alternatives to replace him in the outfield. And I wonder with Turner, this is exactly the situation we were kind of just tap mm. dancing around a few minutes ago with all that extra depth they have. If they feel like he's not progressing quickly enough, do they just put him on the IL, back off him a little bit for a few days and just use their depth to cover 
and, and give us some clarity. I mean, I, I just want clarity if I have Justin Turner, right? I just want to know if he's in or out, so I don't have to guess. If I had to guess on it right now, I would err on the side of caution with him as well because that's a mostly healthy Dodgers depth chart around him. Yeah, unfortunately, on these Monday morning shows, uh, we have to make a lot of guesses when it comes to this portion of it. Uh, but that's, uh, I think, sound logic in terms of making that decision with Turner. And then finally, the Phillies, they just have a brutal schedule for their hitters this week. They've got uh, three against the Dodgers, three against the Reds. You know that there's going to be a lot of quality pitching in those two series. Scherzer, Price, Arias, Molly, Castillo, Sonny Gray. Those are the starters the Phillies have to face. Any of the top hitters you would sit in the weekly um, next week in fantasy baseball column, I actually suggest to maybe sit um, Gene Segura this week, as hard as that could be to do. He'd be right around the line. I'd be more inclined to play him than not. I think like an Alec Bohm, who already is falling out of favor with a lot of managers over the course of this season, he'd be exactly the kind of guy that I'd want to be careful with with those difficult matchups. Yeah, and obviously the the top, top hitters here, we talked about Hoskins, uh, Bryce Harper, you're not uh, making any rash decisions even with that schedule. So uh, good luck to you all setting your lineups this week, but that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And we just would ask that if you do have an opportunity to rate and review and subscribe to this podcast, that you do so. We thank you in advance. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.